You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! It is, it's porno music. What's up everybody? How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well. Excellent. Doing well. Absolutely. Like Ken Danico said, we are the Uncle Puckers. Chris, Dan, and Bobby right now waiting for Tony to wake up from his nap in Lithuania. So he said he'll be hopping on soon. So how's How everybody doing? Everybody have a good Labor Day? Ready to, oh, yeah. you know, September's finally here, man. That means we are a day away from NFL kickoff. We are a month or so away from NHL. Uh, this yeah. is the best time of the year. Mm-hmm. Bob, I got a question for you. Sure. Well, it's more of a, yeah, I guess it's a question. Do you think that they should shorten the Major League Baseball season? I feel like it's like basketball. Like, we are now entering the ninth <laughs> month of the basketball playoffs. Like, I feel like we are seriously at that point. Like, it's such a long season, yeah. man. Like, how does anybody still give a shit? It is tough, right? I, I, I do kind of struggle with this one because I kind of – baseball purist in a way right so i don't really need to see it change but then yeah sometimes that 162 man it's it's quite a lot to go through so and like, you get you take a year like this year where even though say the mets are playing better as of late the expectations were so high right coming after last year this is probably my least watched year ever and i've watched them when they were terrible i just i'm just that deflated by management or whatever like to get to that point and then to crumble back down which is like the complete inverse of what the devils are doing like we're projecting up so yeah they just they just pissed me off and the podcast came around gave me something to do so we're good (laughs) where did the mets go from here though i mean like they had like one of the highest payrolls they they, everything fell apart they They were were very smart with their 110 games out of first yeah, it's yeah. amazing. They only play 162, right? <laughs> uh, they were very smart with their trades, though. They ate a ton of money in order to basically get a bunch of first-round picks from the last couple of years. So they jumped up the timeline a couple of years. So I think they're going to be more competitive than anticipated next year, and but not a, a contender. And then after that, they should be ready to go. All right, so how many teams are in MLB? 
I don't know if they're at 30 or 32, to be honest right, with so you. So whatever. So 30, 32 teams. And at this point, there's maybe, what, 12 teams that are actually, like, in the mix, that are actually playing important games There's right a lot now. in the hunt now, the way that they set up the new wild card situation. So it does keep a lot more teams into it, a lot, um, towards the end of the year. That is kind of its own problem when you get to, you know, like a single wild card playing game or whatever that doesn't right. work for me in baseball uh, but it does keep a lot there's a lot more teams engaged than you would think because even at you know five six games back this late in the season it's not impossible yeah i mean i just i i'm like listening to the radio today and stuff and they have all the updates and stuff and i'm just like i can't believe baseball is still going on and they still have another month yeah. like it's yeah. so much baseball like if you cut the season in half it would still be a long, good season, you know, if you did 82s, yeah, like hockey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you maybe start it in, what would you start it? Maybe like around July and you get done still in October and you still have that whole chunk of spring that nobody cares about anyway. I know. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's such a long I think season. realistically we would get value out of it if we did cut it down, but the players union never go for that, right? Because it's all tied to their salaries and the games played. But weren't we just at like – wasn't it 158, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago when we were young, like, they, they opened up, like, a big four more games or something. I don't um, remember I don't that. Really have I kind of always remember of it. it at 164. 62. 62. Yeah. I mean, I know at, like, uh, the NFL, they're thinking, or it's probably going to happen, to go to an 18-game season. Well, so. I was going to ask you, like, is, don't you find it kind of crazy that the NFL plays so few? Well, it's such sports. a physical game, and I mean, is it no, the only game that's physical? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm pretty amazed at basketball. Like you have those guys running nonstop, you know, can, doing what they do for it, the same amount of games as hockey. Uh, and hockey, I mean, come on, but you know, I know there's line changes and stuff, but but there's yeah. no sport that is as physical as uh, look when when you're if you're a, a, any football player, I don't care, you know, especially if you're on the line, you know, you're Every play, you are wrestling with a 300-pound guy whose job is to take your fucking head off. Yeah. If you're a running back, every play, you're basically getting hit by a fucking Volkswagen. And, you know, this is, and it's all the time. It takes years off their career. Um, and football, unlike every other sport, is the most, um, I would say, team sport that there is. For a play to work, you know, all every all twelve guys have to know exactly what they're doing. They have to do the right, right. thing to what's game plan. For? What's the that? headsets? The headsets always get to be. It's like remote control players with the headsets. You know, well, I call them plays in. <laughs> yeah, I so know. you know you have like... you have your your offensive, your OC or your DC, depending. Uh, you know what side of the ball you're on. They're calling the right. plays in to the quarterback or to a uh, whoever has a green dot on their helmet on defense is the one that's taking the plays in from the DC. Uh, and, you know, so your game plan is so in-depth when it comes to football. Every week you're playing a new opponent that has new, uh, or, you know, different skill sets you have to yeah. account for, different. So it's a lot more physical and everything. Even these guys, these NFL players uh, that play on short weeks, like a, th- a Sunday and a Thursday, uh, that takes their fucking toll. Like you have no time to game plan, and then you're going into a game three days after you just spent three hours getting your ass beat. Yeah, that's it's tough. a lot. You know it's what amazes me about football, and I kind of like their schedule the way it is. And you know, hockey and basketball are, are the sweet spots to me. Football needs to be shorter, like that. And baseball, as we kind of touched on, is a little bit too much. But what amazes me about football is with that few amount of games, and then when we get down to like the last 
five weeks or so, and they're starting to put together the potential playoff bracket. I can't understand how the hell they figure that out with so many teams within like a game of each other. And I see all these standings. It, it, hockey was always easy to me. You know, yeah, it, was, it was mathematically simple. Right. Baseball game, too, a baseball. little weird with the wild Games cards. Back and that's it. But football, you know what, I how never many you have it. to make up. Yeah, football's um, tough. Well, I mean, I, I think football is you know football and hockey are the, my two favorite sports. Uh, but like, I think that you can't ask a football player to play more than one game a week. That's that's you know, yeah. a little, even if you play on a Thursday, like you're kind of like rolling your eyes a little bit. I there. don't like, know. I th- I Have you ever watched think about, a football like, game? Sure, but I also I've seen like Mick Foley would do three matches in a week. Absolutely, I mean, yes. and he got his ass kicked as hard yes, as any lineman, did. you know. Like so, yeah. I, I think they could. It's just like that. Nobody's used to it, you know. And so I get it. If you asked them all to do it tomorrow, yeah, I and, agree with you. And but, when it comes to the NFL, like the top tier players, I mean, like we were just talking about it the other day about Austin Matthews contract, right? He's what? 13 million, 13 and a half million. He's the highest paid player in the NHL. Now at that, like most guys in the NFL don't show up for $13 million. Like, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're fucking wide out three. It gets paid that, you know, you're it's it. These, the, the contracts that these guys are getting is like these guys are made out of fucking money. So the NFL themselves, like you're not going to do anything more to jeopardize Patrick Mahomes or, you know, I mean, Nick Bosa just signed. He's a fucking a demon in San Francisco. And he just signed like a, a $155 million guaranteed five-year contract. Like the money is stupid. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to do everything they can to protect themselves. Uh, yeah, and no, protect I, but, their you know, I'm surprised though. Like the NFL doesn't want even more, like all things, everybody gets greedy, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah. you know, like they, they look at it and said, you know, what, what, what can we do to get make even more money? Well, they've, 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 they've actually done a lot to not necessarily be playing in the game. So once the, the Super Bowl ends, you right? right? So that's in February. Then for the next two months, it's all the combine, the draft. And I mean, this is like yeah, NFL yeah. Network 24-7. It is about evaluating every college player. That's all everybody worries about. Then the draft similar comes. ratings to the Stanley Cup yeah, finals. Exactly. Know, and then the, the draft comes and the ratings are huge. And then you have a couple of weeks of just talking about the draft. And then you have, you know, free agency opens up. And that's a whole thing. So they spaced everything out. So, I mean, they got to the point where the – schedule release is a big day in the NFL. Like, yeah, you know, crazy. that's everyone's looking like, holy shit, who are we playing this year? You know, what? when are our games? Who are we opening up against? How many Monday night games do we get? This and that. So, I mean, it, it's a completely different animal when it comes to football, NFL, and every other sport in this country. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the NFL is just on a whole different fucking level. Yeah, you no, know? it's a de- definitely a game suited for, like, America, you know. I understand why it's so successful here. And Hello, Tone. Yo, what's up, guys? How are you, buddy? As good as can be. How you doing? Good, good. So I was listening to something the other day, and they they were talking about, like, uh, they brought this subject up, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I got to ask you guys. So name a song, or however many songs, that at one point you absolutely loved, and just through the sheer overplaying of it, Mm. it makes you sick to your fucking stomach now when you hear it. Yeah, there's um, a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my number one is probably Piano Man. Mm-hmm. I 
remember when I was a little kid and that song came out and I loved it and I loved it like all through high school. And then like I started working in bars and it was on the jukebox 24 seven. And then the rate now I like, I seriously, I get a little nauseous every time I I hear the piano in the beginning. That is a good example. How how about you? Do you have anything off the top of your head guys? I was thinking uh, REM, uh, which I like the band. It's great. But they had, you know, a couple songs that were just really overplayed. Maybe not even their best stuff, but I, I can't even stand it when they come on. And I liked the band. Like Losing My Religion? Do you That's the there? first one that came to yeah. mind. But, you know, yeah. they had a couple others that were I never really liked to begin with, but that were really big songs. So, like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't Another know. one for me was Hotel California. Yeah. I, I just, I can't stand that song anymore. So, how about you, John? That's a few, man. Sweet Child of Mine. Welcome to the Can't listen to it anymore. And these are all bands that these are all bands that I like ACDC. I grew I love ACDC. I mean, but I if I had never hear Shook Me All Night Long again, it's good. So you're basically like that way with Appetite, the whole album. Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of underground shit, but I I love like, you know, the old bands like that. But there's this, you know, you just how many times can you hear Shook Me All Night Long? I mean, even I remember when MTV was playing it, it was on like it was on every day a bunch of times. And it's just it's with that kind of shit. It's so weird because. As we all know, those albums, there's so much better songs on those records. And maybe it's because they're not yeah. outplayed. That's why we probably think that, you know, but I mean. That's true. Yeah. I remember I just got, Metallica, the old what do you got, Bob? I just got some old, uh, you know, I hadn't listened to Guns N' Roses for a while. And I uh, just bought some live stuff from, from like the late 80s, early 90s. So that's good. So I'm listening to that again, just a little bit something yeah. different at the gym. But for me, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head except for maybe, you know, Air Supply. You know, dude. Were you I'm ever? Kidding, a fan? Of course, I'm kidding. I remember it burns me I, up when I hear that shit. I was working at the bars. I was probably about 16 years old, and I was working in the little food area, which was right next to the bar, and the jukebox was right there. And we were packed one day, and it was summertime. The place was mobbed, and there was this like 300 pound biker dude standing in the corner, and he just kept feeding money into the, the jukebox, and he kept on playing "Back in Black." the whole album like over and over and over again i thought he was gonna say he was playing air supply i got and he's and he's he's got his beer he's got his shot and finally i was like buddy i'm like enough with the acdc and he looks at me and he goes ain't nothing give me a hard on like jack daniels and acdc and just started doing his fucking shots it's like all right i can't argue with that i don't want to know about your hard on but visiting from like tennessee or something right he might have been who the hell knows New Tennessee. You know, so, we used to work at the sawmill. They had the jukebox in there. They would always play. And I like, I mean, I like meatloaf and all that stuff, you know, when I was a kid. Like, they, they used to over, always My wife play. makes a really good meatloaf. Yeah, they used to always play that shit constantly. You know, know. Well, sorry to hurt you guys, but you two, anything you two, I don't want to hear anymore. Like, and I'm talking about, like, you know, the, the hits, like the ones that they over. We had that jukebox, Chris, you might remember, and they had, like, the certain discs they always played. I think it was Meatloaf, U2, the Octung Baby. I think that was out when that when we were working there. Uh, yeah, that came out in '93. They would just play the same songs over. I think it was Dashboard Light from Meatloaf that would constantly. You know, you'd always get the drunk people singing in the corner. And when you're not drunk and you see drunk mm-hmm. people, it gets a little annoying. So I think that kind of it's burnt into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah awesome. um... Yeah, whatchamacallit, Meatloaf, and that was the other one, like, when you used to go, we used to go bowling, and we do, like, the blackout bowling, and they oh, would always play Paradise by the Dashboard, like, yeah. Four Nine Blondes. Pool Hall, Pool Hall always played that guy. That's a good one, too. Bob. But that's yeah, the, the one that gets to me now. I finally that. got one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I like that. You're right, one. Dan, the Pool Hall. Yeah, I remember the yeah, Pool Hall. Yeah, the Pool Hall would always play it. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and that song when you first heard it, you were like, "This is a great song." And then, wow, like, quite a story. Pray. Yeah, oh my quite God, a story. Pray. Yeah, that and then, shit sucks. Yeah, now it's just yeah, no, no meatloaf for me. He was great <laughs> in Fight Club, though. Yeah. Yes. So His name was Robert Paulson. So there was something I heard about Fight Club. Now, Dan, you're a big fan of uh, Chuck. What's his name? Chuck Paloma, whatever his name is. Paulinic, I wrote it. Yeah. In fact, yeah. They had a little interview with him today on the radio. I was listening to it. So now in the in the movie, in Fight Club, we've all seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So Not going to give anything away. We know that Tyler Durden is a figment of his imagination. I'm not supposed to talk about this. <laughs> we're not talking about the actual Fight Club itself. Oh, okay. Then. Was right. Helena gotcha. Bonham's, Bonham Carter's character also... A no. figment of his imagination. No, and I think in the book, it's uh, a little bit more, it's a different kind of thing. They go, you know how she was like going to groups like him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she goes to like more groups and more crazy shit happens. So I think she's a real character. I, I you know. Because when it was I'm kind of described to me, it made perfect sense that she was also a figment of his imagination. I guess. But then like, what does she do? Like the Tyler Durden does things. Right, you know? but what does she actually do? Um, really, you know, I don't know. I'd have to watch the movie again. Yeah, like but. she doesn't uh, have any part in Project Mayhem, you know. Right, which she I, shows I, up at the end. I should watch that movie again. It's great. All right, how about we talk a little hockey? Sure. Yeah, hockey. All right, so I want to get your opinion on this team right now, the Devils as we know it, and it mm-hmm. looks like it's you know we pretty much have a, I would say an really good idea how the team's going to look as far as opening night goes. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you are super comfortable, you are happy. You couldn't be happier with that. Whatever we're talking about one being the lowest and we'll rate it as top six, bottom six defense goalie. We'll go down the line and we'll do coaching and everything else. So let's start with the top six as we know it to be would be Meyer, Heischer, Mercer, Hughes, Toffoli and uh, Brat, right? Yep. So let's say those are our top six. Honestly, and we'll go Dan Tone, Bob, me. On a scale of one to ten, Dan, how comfortable or how good or not good do you feel about our top six? Wow. I mean, I I, I, I hesitate to throw ten because, like, ten is utter perfection. Ten is like and six I, Connor I, McDavid's. Yeah, like ten is uh, – but to be honest, if you were saying, like, well, if you're going to call it nine, who's ten? I don't know who ten is. So I'm going to say nine, but that's just because I don't know how how – well, 10 exists in the real world, but uh, I'm very confident with this top six. It looks great. I, you know, we have not seen them play in this arrangement yet, you know, and how it's going to shake out. It, it might not live up to expectations, but on paper, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I can't ask for much more out of that top six. <laughs> Tom? Nine. I'm going to say nine also. I agree with Dan. I mean, I hate to say 10 because if you say 10, you seem like a total, you know, but I mean, I'm pretty damn happy with it and, you know, I'm excited to see him play, and I think that, yeah, I think nine's about right, Dan. Bob? As the official homer of homers here, I have no problem going with a 10 because I love all six guys that we have up there and the fact that we can even move some around, and I'd still be comfortable if a guy jumped down to the third line. I'd still be so comfortable with our with our top six. I think we've only scratched the surface as to what they can do. I think we've got, at minimum, Three players that are going to have better years in Jack Hughes, Meyer, and really interested to see what Toffoli can do with this group. So this will be probably the only 10 I give out, but I will give it a 10. 
All right. I mean, I really can't argue with that, but I'm going to go with a nine as well. And kind of for the same reasons you went with a 10, I'm going to go with a nine. I could easily go with a 10, but there is the Toffoli and the Meyer factor. We don't really know how they're going to play in this system. Of course, we think, and for all intents and purposes, they should do fantastic in this system. But um, it was about just because of that little unknown, I mean, by Christmas time, it could be a 10 and a half. But uh, I'm going to go nine as well. So now let's drop to our bottom six. And I, I, I mean, I'll throw, I'll throw uh, six guys at you. Let me know if you guys disagree with how, who I think is going to be in this lineup to start. So I'm going to go Holla, uh, Plot, and Holtz. Hopefully, I mean, I'm guessing that spot is going to be safe for him. Uh, unless he, unless somebody just comes in and takes it from him, and then McLeod and Bastion and Nolan Foot, so that would be the bottom six that I'm going. That I would say is there um, any argument from you guys on the bottom six on those guys, or you think that that's pretty not much an argument? I'm just really interested to see what Nosek brings because he was brought in for a reason. I think that they really envision him there. Um, you see him yeah, as a regular starter on the fourth line. I don't know. I, I'm just. Yeah. It's where I'm thinking he would go. I'm not where saying that foot can't Lazar outplay him. Yeah, right, right now, a depth team? guy. I mean, yep. we don't. I mean, he's a guy that can play center. He can play wing. He can play anywhere on the bottom six. So I think he might now would just be a depth guy. Um, as far as I don't know if I mean, again, if Nolan Foot doesn't really impress in camp and they want to send him down another year, um, or you know, at least get him started down there, then then. You know, maybe one of those guys, Lazar and Ethan, maybe one of those guys takes that spot. But I think it's probably going to be Nolan Foot to start. And I think it, it, that line of Foot, McLeod, and Bastion would be a really good line. I think Nolan Foot can fit in there even better than Miles Wood did. I was just say that that's what I was missing. I was like, who was on the left right? Right. Wood. Right. Okay. Let's go around. So, Dan, with the bottom six, those guys, one to ten. Um. I don't know if I'm quite as excited about them as the top six, but that's because we're talking about bottom versus top. As far as them doing their jobs, I think they're, you know, they're really definitely going to do their jobs. Uh, I'm just a little worried about like, you know, does it have proper amount of grit there? It, it very well could. Sometimes you really want that more out of your third and fourth lines to be the, you know, the punishing checking lines if necessary. I, I think they could pull that off. So I'm not saying they can't, but, that question hangs a little bit heavier than, than my, the questions I have about the top line. So I'll give them a solid eight. And this, this is great on a pretty hard scale. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. You could give them a nine, but I'm going to go with an eight. Okay. Tom? i go with seven, I guess. I mean, I, I don't even know. I'm not convinced that Holtz winds up on the team or even a foot. So I don't know. You know, I mean, I have a question marks there. And I do have – and the grit is a question on this team still for me. I know you got. I know we've talked about it, and some people feel feel like we filled those spots. I don't know if we have a hundred percent or not. We're gonna find out, but I'm gonna say seven. Um, yeah. Um, first of all, I, this for me is actually on the strength of the fourth line. I'm going to assume that they will give us pretty much what they gave us before, um, with two thirds of that line definitely going to be you know what it was before. The third line, I'm. The jury's still out for me a little bit. Like, I know what Hall could bring. I think Palat's going to bounce back. Um, I'm still confident in the group. I think I would go with an 8-2 overall as a bottom six. But the reason I think that I'm more comfortable doing um, eight is because 
and I've said it a hundred times, I, I see a scenario where to get a little extra pop in that line, you, you, could, you could throw Mercer up and down on that. And now you got a third line that can be defensively responsible, that can take the body, that has some veterans in there. And then you got the X factor, like a Mercer in there, that can just really change things up. So no matter what they do, moving one or two here and there, I'm still comfortable overall that we have a solid third line that can do that job. And a fourth line is probably one of the best fourth lines. So I'll give it an eight. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm probably at where Tony's at. I'm probably at a seven with the, the, the bottom six. I mean, we got to see more out of Palat. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to show us, you know, why we paid him so much money. Uh, and this is a year for him to show up. Um, again, like Tony said, it might not be Holtz. Uh, you know, if it's, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's Graham Clark. Maybe it's, you know, somebody that we're not expecting. <clears throat> so there's a little bit of uncertainty with that third line. I do like our fourth line. I mean, we have one of the best face-off guys in the league. Uh, Nate Bastion, apparently, like we've talked about a lot of times, is the glue on this team. He is mm-hmm. by far the linchpin. We cannot lose Nate Bastion. So I'm going to go seven. I think uh, there's definitely room for improvement there. I want to see Eric Halla, um finish a lot this year, and, you know, especially early on in the year, you know, kind of start the season the way he ended it. He had it. a slow start yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see him come off to a quick start. I want to see Palat play, you know, all 82 games. And I think Palat can bring a lot to this team. The grit, um, you know, we're going to see. We have some guys like Toffoli, like Meyer, like Palat, like, we, you know, they weren't here last year. Let's see if that does affect the grit factor. So I'm going to give it a seven. So, um, goaltending, Vanacek and Schmidt. Um, well, I know that's probably everybody's biggest question mark, right? Um, this, I go back and forth every time I think about this question, like comparing it to other teams or comparing it to your ideal. And those are sometimes two different things, but I can't really go over a seven, you know, it's, we have unproven goaltenders. Uh, we have reason to be a little concerned with Vanacek in the playoffs. And I only mean a little bit because I still think his performance was maybe a little bit, you know, judged harshly uh, considering, you know, it was a team let down. Still, he didn't prove he could do it either. So, you know, um, that's a big question mark. Schmidt, we've got a lot of great days ahead of us, quite possibly, but again, question marks. Um, You know, he worked some magic for us, but not enough to get out of the second round. And I don't know if anybody would have, to be fair, again, it was a team collapse there so i'm not really negative on it uh, but you know i get it um and i think it could be realistic to give them a six or a seven I'll, i'm gonna go on the low end and say six okay tom yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go seven and it's the same thing that dan said and i with you know vanacek i do think he can win i just don't know if he can win the whole i guess through the playoffs i just don't know where his stop button is you know or his slow down button is Schmidt, I mean, it's game one in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Schmidt, I think that, like, Shit. with Schmidt, it's like, we don't know. I mean, I hate to say this and compare this, but he could be a future goalie for us, or he could be – we could feel the same way we felt about Blackwood in two years with him. Um, Very true. So you just don't I think know. I like, Keith Kincaid. I get a little bit Kincaid vibes from him, like mm. – Wow, this guy could really be great, and then he then he turned out he wasn't. You know, and <laughs> you just he, don't know. You know, he's not. Schmid, 
Right. We know he's not a, I mean, I hate to say this, but we know he's not a Vasilevsky, I feel like. We know this, yeah. but what, what is he? We don't know. And I think that's a big question mark, and that's why I wanted to actually say five at first, but I'm going to go a little higher just because I'm going to hope on the upside that we Vanacek has a great year. Because um, I do think, you know, Vanacek's career has not been that long, and he's he's judged on a certain amount of games. Right. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, yeah, but I, I think that, he, he has I something mean, to prove this year. I think after last year, because but, of the criticism. I mean, so, I don't think he's judged unfairly. I mean, it, just because I, I kind of do. I kind of do. Why? Because, because I, mean, I think to that sit there and say, if it that, wasn't for Vanacek, we don't go to the playoffs last year. And, uh, but, but, and if you watch listen, the games, I think there was one game where I will give him two goals. He should have stopped. Now that's not great, but other than that, when you look at his all the goals that were let in. I mean, there was there was a lot of problems that had little to do with him, and I don't think. But what I think when we're when we're talking about the uh, you know the knocks against Vanacek, it's always been he's not a playoff guy. I can't see how that knowing even what we knew before he came to the Devils and what we saw last year, I don't think that the saying that is unfair. He has to prove it. I'm just saying. I don't think the guy is did, getting an unfair shake. He did fall right shape. into that box. Yeah, but I, I mean, think our whole team did exactly. You know. But he did exactly what we talked about after Christmas that we were nervous about. Oh, the knock against him is he falls apart at the end of the year. He's not a playoff guy, and it happened. Like we fucking saw it. So I don't think that the. I don't. I'm just saying. I don't think that the criticism is unwarranted. I, think I just think other sense. guys like Hellebuck deserve that criticism also then because I think that they had the same fate last year and there's a lot of other guys that did. And That's I think true. that we're That's a little true. more skeptical well, because we see these guys every day. It's kind of like when you talk to the – we talked to the Blue Jackets guy la- guys last weekend and they're like – they're excited about Severson coming there, right? Well, we see these guys play all the time and it's always different <laughs> yeah. when you see people play all the time. And I think Vanacek did – obviously there was a lot of problems in the playoffs last year, but I'm going to take – there was a lot of other guys who had problems that don't get the finger pointed at them. I also, last year. I, I, I think to give Van, you can't kind of compare Vanacek and guys like Hallibuck and stuff. Hallibuck's been around a lot longer. He's had a lot more success. He's always been a number one. This is the first time Vanacek has really been a clear number one starter. And he played fantastic the regular season. He does that again this year. I'm over the moon. Um, you know, I have no problem with him regular season. He's given me no reason to worry about that right now. But he does worry me a little bit in the playoffs. I, I'm just saying, like, I... I I kind of agree with everything you guys are saying. I just don't think that the criticism is unwarranted. I think he's, his job is to make it warranted. Well, you know, I will make say it it's definitely warranted in that he didn't prove that he's, you know, for whatever the reason was, you could say, oh, it's not all his fault. He didn't get a chance to, or he didn't prove that he's your deep playoff guy. Right. And that's, that's the bot. I mean, that you can't argue with. And, and there's so a lot of guys on our team that, that was in that bracket last year that yeah. we can all say yeah, that. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with you. Now, what about you, Bob, with the goaltending? Yeah, this is a tough one for me because um, obviously it is one of the areas of a weakerness um, on the team, not in general terms. Like if you just if you look at the regular season and what these two goalies are capable of, it's very easy to give them a high watermark. But you're, what we're doing here is kind of putting in a whole picture, right? We're trying to consider what they can do in a regular season and the playoffs based on what we've seen so far. And what we talked about when we first started doing this is if 10 is that – gold standard then that's my baseline to know i can't go near that that's that's like the boston goaltender tandem right so if that's a 10 how far away from that are these guys so i mean i still have faith in them i think they're great goaltenders i said before 
the goalie who made the saves in the regular season, that goalie's still in there come the playoffs. So maybe the next playoffs is a completely different thing. Yeah. So I'm comfortable giving him a seven, which I don't think is a, is a knock. I think a seven is uh, for goaltending, for what we're looking at is, you know, maybe above average um, to get us where we need to get to get started. I, so, I think there's half. I, I think there's half the teams in the league that would take Vanacek and Schmidt as their one two. So I, I'm giving them a six. Um, I want to see Van or Schmidt rather get a lot of a lot more starts this year. I really hope they don't jerk him around. I hope he's set. He's our you know backup or one B or whatever the fuck you want to call him. And I'd like to see him slowly get the reins or at least let's see what he has. Um, Definitely, we have to Van- see more from him. Vanacek played early on, not wait till later on. Exactly. Let's give them, you know, and I could see, I, I could see them just splitting this thing right down the middle. I really can. Yeah, um, I don't want to do that the whole way. How about you? Do you want to go the whole way with fifty fifty split? No, I'm okay with if you wanted to do, you know, uh, you know, thirty starts for Schmid and and uh, forty two for. Um, or what is it, fifty-two then? Uh, for or thirty to thirty to thirty-five starts for Schmidt, give the rest of Vanacek. But who's ever really playing better throughout the year has to get the start for the playoffs. Like we right. were hoping the beginning of last year. Like I think we're you know you, all we were saying is this is great. We have Vitek Vanacek. I hope he can get us to the playoffs. Well, he did. Yeah. Now I, it's you know, I, I hope I, he can I, get us deep in the playoffs. I agree, and I, but I hope that uh, they give them. Whichever one is emerging as, you know, after splitting the games a little bit, let's say the first half of the season, whichever one is emerging as like the clear number one, which let's hope that kind of happens, right? Because they could yeah. not, you know, get out of each other's shadow. But um, if they did, I wish they would do what they didn't do last season, which is kind of like, you know, okay, this is our number one. And the backup's there to take over in case that shit's the bed. Instead, remember, we were juggling three goalies and yeah. crazy ways to start. So hopefully there's nothing crazy like that this year. I think you give yourself and your goaltender a better chance if you have a number one to say it and and ride him until you can't. And, then, and you know, there's no reason to blame them for putting Schmidt in over Vanacek. They shouldn't have, you know, just lost all four of the Rangers. You know, that would have been bad. Um, so they you need to make that change if necessary. But I, I think that it might help to get there with a clear number one. That's yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said, because did any of how they managed Blackwood, Vanacek and Schmid last year, especially towards the end of the year, was any of that, did any of that kind of fuck with Vanacek's head a little bit? I honestly feel like and, it would have. I, yeah. I don't know if it did, but I could understand if it did. I mean, we all know that goalies are fucking mental anyway. So then when yeah. you start putting, you know, that, well, now we're running three goalies and, you know, I, he's sitting out the last game, but who's backing me up? And then, you know, how much faith do these guys really have in me going into the playoffs that they're still checking out Schmidt and Blackwood all this time, right. all this stuff doesn't mess with your head. And then he's in the game, the Devils play like shit in front of him. And before you know it, he's down to nothing. And, you know, he never got, never got it back. So yep. I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm totally willing to give it a go. Um, and the more I was thinking about, you know, making a move for a goalie, this and that, I, I don't, I, I kind of have settled in as of right now. I mean, if the season starts and they're both playing like shit, you know, everyone's right. going to be screaming yeah. for it. But sure. as of right now, I am kind of cool with just run those two and let's get to the playoffs and let's see what they can do. Whoever's got the hot hands, play them in the playoffs, and let's see what we can do with these guys. If the same thing happens again next year, well, then, you know, you have 
guys like, you know, you can maybe trade for, you know, a guy like Swayman. Maybe you can get Howlbuck on the free agency market if he hasn't left Winnipeg yeah. yet. So there's other options. Out I mean, there. if they lose, they lose. But if there's another, you know, eight goal games, well, yes. several of them, then yeah, that's an obvious yes. when, big when, time move. You know, the la the, like when we, they were in their heyday, you know, with Marty, the, the, you never worried about goaltending. You're going into the playoffs, and it was, I hope we can just get some goal scoring. You know, you never worried about that. I hate going into games worrying about my goaltender. I hate it. Um, well, I think, like, so. you know, we also have we have a lot of pieces. Obviously, if we see something falling apart in the beginning, we have a lot of pieces we can move. We've built yeah. that system where it's like that. You know, and going back to the bro door thing, I mean, that was a whole different world. Like you lost, sure. you lived and died with your goalie. If you lost, you packed it up for that year and you said, okay, this is going to be our starter next year. There's no doubt. This guy's playing 75 to 80% of the games. This is the way it is. Now you're it's running with two goalies, three goalies. Jesus. Two years yeah. ago, we're running with seven goalies. It's like a clown <laughs> right. car. You don't know who the right. fuck's getting out, you know, but I mean, <laughs> but we do have the pieces to make the move. And I believe that the team is, you know, we talk about Buffalo as a team who's kind of expected to shit or get off the pot right and eventually like we are that team now who has very high expectations and i believe fitzgerald if he sees you know we're like month in two months in and we're just you know shit in the bed i think that there'll be some moves made because like we, we do have those pieces to move and and but he well, knows now the team he has like he he he's you know we've all seen what they did last year you can't you can't waste a year because you're still trying to figure out your goaltender you know you can't waste another year so all right, so before we get to Tom Fitzgerald and his grade, uh, let's go behind the bench. Lindy Ruff, how comfortable are you with Lindy Ruff as our head coach, Dan? Lindy's amazing. I was, I, <laughs> I, I can never, I can never feel just one way about Lindy Ruff. Um, you know, even when there's a game where I'm like, "What was he doing?" I'm like, "Oh, he must know what he's doing." And then the other way around, when he's winning and stuff, and I'm just thinking, "Does he know what he's doing?" <laughs> he's amazing. Um, but he obviously does know what he's doing. I think uh, he's been good for this team. There's no doubt about it. He related well with these guys. I think the experience he has, he, he's the kind of guy to carry him to the next level. Because I, I say that, like, sometimes you need a coach who's really good with young players, and then they get to a certain level, and you need a different kind of coach. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's going to come to a point with the Devils as, like, okay, you've matured to a certain point. Now you're not executing. We need a coach who's going to be bigger on execution, less on player development, because that's kind of like, you know, Lindy's forte, work with young players. So I don't know if, like, this could be the year where the magic runs out. I can see that happening. I never even thought about it the way that you just put it, and it makes perfect sense. It really does. Uh, You know, is there going to come a time where maybe this team does need a, a, a different a, a different kick in the ass or, you know, right. something of that nature. I, I get totally what you're saying. So what's your number? Lindy on Lindy? might also look like, look at it. Like this is my last shot, dude. Yeah. So I am not player developing anymore either. We're going for the cup. So, you know, I just don't know which way it's going to play out is what I'm saying. <clears throat> Can he change his stripes or not? I still think he's excellent. I'm going to give our coaching. I'm toggling back and forth by my between eight and nine. Uh, it, 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 it's mysterious. But you can't argue with last year's results. I'm going with a nine. Okay. I'm going to go with a nine also, and I think I'm going to go with the same thing you guys were saying about Vanacek. I'm going to go. What have you done with me for me lately? And I think that he's been nothing but good for the Devils. He's worked. Um, the players love him. I mean, you know, here they have a lot of great stuff to say about him. Fitzgerald loves him. I believe he was bought in here to deal with the young players. Um, he's a winning. He's one of the most winning goalies ever. I mean, winning coaches ever. 
the guys just – I mean, I, I feel like, you know, obviously it, we're in a – we're talking about you – know, we're in a NHL now where if there's a problem, it'll be switched. And I don't know – we know with him, I don't know if he was bought in to be a 10-year coach. I thought when we bought in Burnett, Burnett was kind of eventually going to be the guy that took over. Um, but I also believe that there's a lot of faith in him. And I'm going to go – yeah, like I said, he's done nothing but good for the team. And last year was amazing. And if we – win 10 games this year. Will I change my tune? Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody will, but I think he's done a great job up to this Lindy point. Lindy won't be there if that yeah. happens. I yeah, think he's so. done a great job to this point and I couldn't be, you know, more satisfied with what he's done with that team. Okay. Bob. Yeah. We're going nines up, man. I agree. I mean, he's, he was just the right coach. He's still the right coach for right now. Um, I was a big supporter of him last year. I, I thought that maybe he could have won the coach of the year for sure. Yeah. Um, he is really good with the kids. These guys are still kids, but to, to that point of will they get to the point of maybe getting a little older and outgrow them? I think we're going to worry about that between our fourth and fifth cups. Well, let's see. He's going to he's going to help us get to that fourth one first. Oh, before we need to worry about that. Homer, man. I love oh, it, right? We really let's are. Go. Let's go. All right. So I'm not going to break the tradition. I'm, I, even though I find that Lindy is maddening to no end sometimes uh, yeah. he drives me fucking crazy for all the reasons that dan said and we talk about it a lot and we will talk about it during the year I'm sure I'm but sure. uh you know you can't argue with the results right i mean and then with travis green here now i'm hoping that you know like you said about andrew burnett possibly being his successor i'm hoping that maybe travis green steps into that role and maybe he'd be the guy in a year or two when lindy's ready to step down when this team's you know fully ready to go and and you know, in the right direction. So I'm going to give Lindy a nine. I shit on him a lot, but you know, it comes from a place of love. Tom Fitzgerald. We did skip the defense, right? Or did I? Oh shoot. No, we we have not, defense. we have not hit that okay. yet. Right, let's go back then. I completely <laughs> forgot. Let's go with our decor. Um, and yeah. in the decor, I'm going to throw, let's see, we're going to go Hamilton, Siegenthaler, Marino, Hughes, Miller, and ball and we'll throw smith in and maybe nemec in as reserves right okay sounds so good looking at that whole core there wow so much potential right i mean that it may turn out to be one of the best defensive lineups ever and we won't know that for a couple of years i, I don't know we, we definitely don't know that right now maybe we'll know that after next year i can see that this team they're defense may actually take a little bit of a step back as you lose a little bit of experience. I could also see them just launching it forward because there's so much talent there. I mean, look how fast Luke Hughes developed in a handful of games. Um, you know, what is he going to do over the season? Hard to imagine. He's going to be one of those guys like, Oh, after a great, amazing five games, he, you know, wallowed and, you know, going up and down for the next three years. I just don't see that, no. you know, but uh, because of the inexperience, I don't think I can give them a, anything higher than a, you know, I think it'd probably be fair to go with a seven. Uh, I was going to go for an eight, but I'm going to give them a seven. Now that seven could turn to a 10, uh, but, you know, it, it has some big question marks. Uh, if I'm giving the goalies a six for their question marks, I'm looking at the defense Defense was at times inconsistent last year and this year because there's even more question marks, new personnel. Um, I really am expecting better things, but the question marks make me give them a seven. Okay, Tom. 
Okay, I'm going to go with a six, and there's a couple of reasons why. I mean, it's like, first of all, what Dan said is there is an experience there. I think we're going to see some mistakes. Um, I even saw a few. I'm like, I, I have high expectations for Luke Hughes. I love Luke Hughes. Um, we did, I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains. We did lose experience. Biggest question, a big question I have also is, you know, I, I think we may have handled, like, solved this a little bit, but I'm still looking for the guy who's going to defend the young guys getting hit. So I'm still have a little bit of question marks there. That's a big question. I know, uh, of course, I like that style of hockey, but it's not even about that. It's just about being people being held accountable because um, I did feel like that was a big issue, especially towards the later part of the season last year. Um, Nemitz, I don't know if he makes the team. Um, I hope, you know, I, actually I, I would not be surprised if he starts off in Utica. Um, I, you know who I'm looking forward to see play, who I do have, I think is going to have a good year. And I watched him play in the IIHF um, is Siegenthaler. I mean, I think that he has to step up a little bit more now. His role is much bigger than it was last year on this team. Yeah, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty much all the experience anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, and Ball, I mean, this is kind of, I feel like Ball's going to have a really good year this year. And I think he's going to, I think we're actually, he may be a guy, even though he's not much of a, you know, a brood or whatever. I think he's going to put some hits in this year too. And I think that, but I'm going to go six just because I do believe there's going to be the growing pains. I do believe there's going to be some mistakes, but I think that's expected. I think this is a defense that in two years, if it's pretty much built the same, could be, could be a killer defense. I just think it's, you know, it's going to take a little bit of the, of the, the experience of fucking up a few times. Okay. So the assumption on the starting six would mean that a, 67% are returning, right? So it's two new players, essentially, uh, that we're talking about here. And they were a good defensive core last year. So if they're talking about Dougie Hamilton and Siegenthaler maintaining their roles, and then you've got Hughes coming in with Marino, and I have all the confidence in the world in that line because of what Marino can do to help Hughes. So that is is fantastic to me. The, the question mark becomes kind of that third line. I think it's probably going to be a Miller-Ball situation, right? Um, so there is some growing pains there. I'm going to go with a seven because there's some question marks, but literally on the caveat, kind of like what Dan said, it's going to grow to a nine. It's going yeah. to grow to a nine by the end of the year, whether that's Nemec you know, coming in or just the guys yelling. How many started that way? You What's know, that? It might be a seven, but it'll grow to a nine. It has the potential to grow to a nine. This one, I'm literally, you Depends can chart it. That's what I'm go. saying. I do um, think we score more points on the defensive side this year. Well, I do think I we score more points. I, I will give the D a seven, and I agree with Everything you guys all said, I think that there will be uh, some mistakes made early on. But I also saw a guy in Luke Hughes that picked up these th- picked this game up faster than any defenseman I've ever seen. And this guy was making – we talked about it. Made mistakes and learned from it. Didn't do it again. I fully expect this guy by the end of the year to just be an amazing all-around defenseman. I'm talking – I. See, maybe, maybe not this year. Definitely by next year, I see him. He's he'll be up there with Kale McCarr. I mean, yeah. he's that fucking good. And yeah, Nemec, if he makes the team, he's that fucking good. Yeah, think about uh, that. I mean, you got you got the two guys in like a Hamilton and a Hughes, where if they are allowed to do their job with confidence, yeah. Now there's two. There's two Hamiltons, basically, yeah, from look, what we look, had last look, year. That's insane. Look at the two power plays that you could have, and yeah. and you know the the. The high slot shot from either one of those dudes, they, they're, it would just be amazing. Our power play could be fantastic. Um, 
I am nervous and worried about the physicality. There are too many times that we look like a bunch of fucking pusses out there. And that cannot happen. If somebody gets in Vanacek's fucking house, he needs to be taken out. And we don't have that. Um, and I'm hoping Miller can bring that. I'm hoping Ball can bring that. I'm hoping Hughes can bring that. Um, you yeah, know, I hope the team kind of learns, too, when it's okay to take those types of penalties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if like it results in a he, goal, yeah. there's certain things you got to do throughout the season. Uh, like you know, he sure is getting, like, a completely... Yeah, that, that's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, he and was. Nobody he was did anything. Being fucking molested in the and the everybody turned up and went the other, looked the other and, way. And, and, and this is that, something that in the playoffs will really get you because you know in the regular yeah, season you can kind of get away with it a little bit. You know, I was listening to actually I listened to uh, Matthew Kachuk today on uh, he was on a show today. You know, and he is ready for the season. By the way, he's definitely going to. Oh, back I thought you say he's ready for our show. No, but he uh, he was talking about that too. You know, it's it's so br- like. The pain you feel at the end of those playoffs, you're just getting your ass kicked the whole time. And I think that we saw with our guys even, they're going to – I mean, you think, picture Jack Hughes going through a whole – say you make the whole run, you get to the finals, right? Yeah. It's such a – they're going to target this guy, and you do need to have someone that – you know, like we were talking about Scott Stevens, you're next, right? You need to kind of have that guy that everyone on the other bench is like, okay, if we if we take a liberty on this guy – we're going to have to pay the price. We're going to have to right. answer for this. And last year we just saw – I mean, I remember, God, it was in the playoffs. Maybe – I think it was against Carolina actually. But uh, we saw like – you are saying Nico and Jeff. They would just stand in front of that and get knocked down. And just yeah. – I, I kind of saw our guys just looking at each other like, is anybody going to take responsibility for this? Or, I, I really hope that Timo sets that tone for this team. That, you know, now that he's here and this is a big part of his game, I really hope that, you know, he takes that initiative and the guys kind of follow suit. Bring a little um, bit of that playoff edge into the yes. whole regular season. Yep. Because he, you know, I hate hearing how he didn't give us that much in the playoffs, man. He gave us a shitload. I don't care about what the scoreboard said. Uh, he played a defense. great role. He has that claw the mute thing going on. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. He can get under his skin. But you guys on the defensive side, you mentioned uh, Ball. Now, Ball's a kid. But now maybe it's time to grow up a little bit because he's got great size. Yeah, yeah he yeah, could he be uh, an enforcer in the back end to make sure people are not, you know, doing. I, I uh, hope he. Kind of I hope he adds that to his game because he yeah, should. When you're six foot size, six, you need he to. He threw a couple hits that I thought were pretty punishing. You know, I don't know how much he considers himself like any kind of open ice hitter or anything, but he he was uh, between that frame. He can throw a good hit. I remember Danico. I remember hearing Danico say that it's a part of his game that he really wants to work on and get better at. So it's not something that he's shying away from. He's just right. trying, I guess, to be able to measure things properly and be able to fucking get comfortable hit, in you know, it. Yeah, a comfortable lane. Well, he's the type of guy hit. too where you can slide. Like you know, he's a third pairing guy, but you could slide him up to that first pairing for a shift because you know something's going to go down. Or you want to protect somebody, right? You know, put him out there with Hamilton for a shift when Jack Hughes lines out there. Well, I'll tell he you, can develop into that. If you guys remember, there were a few games that he played up with Hamilton when he first – well, yeah. he was up in the third pairing, I think, with Severson for a while, and then they moved him up with Hamilton. And he his game went up to a different level playing with yeah. Hamilton. They had success, he, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, he I has his, the chops. I saw his skating improve so much over the course of the season, which yeah. is kind of crazy to say because these guys are playing their whole lives and everything. But there is something to, like, you know, get those – quick moves that the, only the NHL does, especially for defensemen, like the changing direction and right. that kind of crazy edge work. His came a long way. I don't know if you remember. He was like spinning circles. Oh, he would spin like, himself out of plays. Yeah, trying to <laughs> just, keep up with stuff. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden guy, he's know. in the fucking corner on his ass, and it's like, where the hell are you spinning around? And with that kind of size, I think like once the skating comes up enough, then he's you know a real weapon on defense. 
I mean, you really look at a couple of years up the road, and if Ball works out, and you know Hughes is going to be Hughes, like we said, and, and Nemec is up, it, it could be a defense that can seriously dominate the NHL for a long time. That's Absolutely. fucking fun to watch. And it's Ball has fought. Remember, he fought Goodrow in the playoffs last year. Yep. I mean, he's not yeah. afraid to. He will, he will throw down. I just don't know if he's made it part of his game yet. You know, like there were certain dudes. Right. I remember when Miles Wood, you know, remember when Miles Wood first came in the league. I mean, Miles Wood was our guy that was yep. throwing punches all the time. And he was he was effective. I mean, you know. Yeah. But, if I was 6'6", 220, I'd fight all the time. Yeah, but playoffs, he stopped. Though, he, game, he, almost, probably. he almost got himself out of the playoffs by like totally overreacting yeah. in game two. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, right? he was oh, yeah. spaz and out there. They, they had to sit him for a couple games. Now, when he came back, he definitely adjusted where he still had a good edge. But he was like, all right, I'm not going to put us in a penalty box. I right. promise, coach. But I have yeah, a feeling, yeah. no, I will say, I have a feeling not to get off of the ball thing, but I think that uh, – Get off Woods, my balls. I think, I think Wood's <laughs> going to be – I think Wood's going to be good in Colorado. I think it's oh, going to be so for too. him. He's... And I think they're going to love him there. I liked Miles Wood. I was always a Miles Wood guy. I understand at the end why it was time for, you know, for when he left. But, I mean, I think that Colorado's going to be a really – it just seems to fit him and make sense. When we do yeah, I always felt like, like if everything syncs up for him, he's amazing because he's got, you know, a lot of power, a lot of speed. And, you know, he could bring such energy. It's His thing was, like, can he do it consistently? And can he temper that energy to keep you out of trouble? Right. When yeah. he does, he's he's amazing. I, and I he, really he's got on, he really got on the coaches, you know, with Ruff we were talking about. He did – I didn't see many guys get on Ruff's really – it seemed like bad side. But it seemed like for some reason Wood and Ruff, it was uh, at the end, you know, he, like you it said, he rough. was benched. Yeah, it was rough. It was, it was rough definitely like a – Yeah, nice. rough Wood. No. I, I tell you, I, I mean, when we do our Stanley Cup picks, you know, probably before the season starts, um, I'll give my, my Western Conference pick right now who's going to play. I think Colorado's going back to the Cup Final. So, I'm, you know, I think Miles Wood will have some playoff success in Colorado, and he'll be a big part of it. I don't know who they're playing yet, but I do think Colorado's going to make it. So let's just do uh, the our GM grade, and then uh, we'll do our little – Add and then we'll do the Immaculate Grid. That'll be cool. So, Tom Fitzgerald. I mean, are we yeah. going tens across the board here? I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if Tom Fitzgerald yeah. has not earned 10 over these past two seasons especially, then there is no 10. So, you yeah. know, I guess I can give him that 10 there. I mean, uh, I, what, what moves are you going to pick on? Uh, well, you know, there was – a. I guess what one or two guys that didn't really perform for us in the last two years, but his, his winning percentage is, is better than anyone else's. Right. And he's made all these great moves and all the devil's fans. I know most of us never saw them coming. You know uh, what? You know, Timo Meyer thing was big. We knew he was out there. But no one but saw the goalie coming. Nobody saw that. Uh, nobody saw Vanacek coming. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, he's made so many great moves um, that, even when people are paying attention, they still don't know how he does the trick. So that's a great magician there, and I'm going to give him a 10. I'm going to give him a 10 also. I mean, what can you not like? I mean, you can't blame him for, like we were saying, like there might be a fight. You can't really blame him for the oh, Bernier deal, right? That's gross. just an injury. Right. That was only I mean, one of the only things. Yeah. Um, he didn't bring in – I mean, what are you going to play? I know I was hoping he was going to – I guess he's like a father, like a some kind of relative to Kachuk, so I was kind of hoping that he would wind up there. But yeah. that, I, I actually heard Kachuk say he had three teams he had it down to. It was uh, St. Louis – um, Florida and uh, oh god, there was uh, maybe bought it was one more he mentioned, but it wasn't the Devils. So, oh, I mean, besides that, more. yeah, besides that, I mean, you know, what is Fitzgerald has done everything 
he's changed this team around. He's just like you said, Toffoli. He's bought. He's you wake up one morning and you got Toffoli on your team. I mean, it's just you cannot be not impressed with what he's done with this team. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Ten. The guy had a plan and he stuck to it. And then when he saw that that plan was about a year ahead of schedule or more, he pressed the pedal down harder. He doubled down. He got a couple guys. He wasn't sure if he was going to sign. Didn't matter. He went for it. So he's got a go for it mentality. I guess the only knock other people might want to give him, again, looking at the team as a whole, they say the weakest spot might be that A-list goaltender. Um, But I'm not going to not give him a 10 because of that, because the way the market's dictated right now for a guy like Hellebuck, you know, nine million years, just not shaving up. We don't know what this season's going to bring. You know, it might turn out that he says, yeah, I am going to pull the trigger and get this absolute stud. Um, But for what he's done so far, he's earned a 10 or more if we can give him more. No, it's just a one through 10. Damn it. You can't give him more than that. 11, Chris. Crazy talk. Uh, I got to give him a 10, too. Everything you guys said, and then also. Oh, you can give him a 10, too, but I can't give him an 11. (laughs) 10 as well. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And I I just think he's also extremely well respected throughout the league. You know, it's a big reason why he's able to do these things. There's not many GMs, you know, there's always GMs that other guys, other teams won't do business with. I feel like anybody will do business with Tom Fitzgerald. He's just a class dude. Um, Played that way, and, you know, runs his team that way. I, I love what he's done. I hope he's uh, GM for another fucking 10 years. I really do. So awesome. can you guys believe if I, I actually had real quick, if I actually knew math and kept up on this stuff, we could actually fill out our averages, but you know, maybe, maybe somebody would like to listen to a replay and do some math. Um, Six, dude, seven, eight, you, nine, you know what ten. tomorrow is? I know what Tom Fitzgerald's average was. Yeah, was a 10. That I got right off the top of my head. But my average for the team was an 8. Because okay. I had 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 8 in the middle. So that's how I know. Okay, I had 8 too then. There you go. All right, so we think our overall grade for the team, uh, we figure right, the average was, we, we all were around the same, about an 8. That's that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, that's good. So. You guys know tomorrow. King was... Homer was a little bit higher. That's all right. Yeah, you always are, though. I know. Well, actually, Tony's usually the one that's higher. I have that's my role. Um, tomorrow's true. football, guys. <laughs> tomorrow tomorrow's is football. football. Tomorrow we tomorrow? will Thursday. see. I don't watch football on Thursdays. That's not oh. that. Chris, did you see what Chandler Joe? Uh, I don't know if you know who Chandler for the Raiders said that he came out last night and said, I don't want to play for. Yeah, uh, so you didn't want to play for <laughs> fucking your coach already. or your general manager. It fucking begins um, already. Yeah, that's not Uh-oh. good. Uh yeah, is he going to lead like an exodus of players off the team with him? Dan, no. I know you don't watch football, but I am cursed. No. My, my, this, I know. And Dan, I know Chris knows. I know, I know we've won from bowls in the back of the day, but, man, it is always like – with the Raiders, it's like a reality show. It's always – Yeah, it definitely is like a reality show. A reality I'm not going to listen show. to you crying about your, the, the oh, whatever, man. Fuck Raiders. I'm just – I get I it. it. That's all I'm saying. I, I get like it. I like the bizarro sports there like are, puff up between two people who like want to tell you no no my team is worse yeah like, you know what op- yeah everybody you know? are it's like bizarro world you're right yeah. everybody argues about who's better no the vikings sucks. suck so sucks. much worse than the raiders but when uh, Derek Carr's holding up the super bowl uh, trophy this year in vegas and i'm that's crying not happen. <laughs> that's not gonna happen bro. but yet you still dream both of you still I, dream. I, I like i like New Orleans, but they're no. I don't. Th- I don't see them coming out of the NFC. Not with that. Not with I that saw team. someone said Cousins is the best quarterback in the NFC. What do you think about? It? I, I just. I think he's the best say. quarterback in the NFC North, but I don't. I think there's yeah. a guy about 45 minutes away that wears green. That's a hell of a lot fucking better, and that's Hurts and the Eagles. I just. I hate them. 
but they're an amazing fucking football team. So, but we are a week away. So make sure that you go and download your DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings, an official betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one, which starts tomorrow night. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. It is a lot, and it's awesome. Like I said, I took mine. I did it. I got my $200 of free bets. I had the Devils winning the Stanley Cup. They would have gave me $25. I thought it would have been cool. $25 bets. That's they give lot. you. So, yeah, you get your 200 So, if you want it, then download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-08-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. ccdkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus specs expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Wow. I really hope that we get Viagra ads one day. Or like, I want listen, Viagra ads. You know, we're at that age that. now. Some Viagra or Trojan <laughs> or something. I thought you at one point you said the CCCP. And I'm yeah. like, isn't that the old Soviet Union? No. But, CCPT. You know, did, oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, Chris, you know, you know who might not have to worry about football this weekend is where the hell is that? You guys seen that storm out there? The no, hurricane what storm? This Hurricane Lee out there, it's like it's going to be a Category 4, I guess, by this weekend. And it's Where is in it? the Atlantic. It is huge. It's in the Atlantic. Yeah. And it, they oh, started man. it's going to be where like – Where in the Atlantic? So where in the Atlantic? You got to pull it up on your little – your map over there. To, cool. But they cool. have – Still uh, in the south making that little curve towards but Florida. It is. To God, that it's not, yeah, but they don't think it's going to go It's so widespread. They don't think so it's right going to go Florida, yeah. What, you know what they like to call that? The cone of uncertainty. Yeah. How big is the cone of uncertainty? But this is a, but it's, it's an effect than the you guys. This could affect Georgia. <laughs> this is like a, a monster storm, man. It's oh, like, Georgia, I'm okay with. I'm yeah, well, honest. my sister lives there. No, yeah, we can't do that. Um, this one's a monster storm, they're saying. They're saying, like, you know, I'll have to keep an eye on it. Hits. All right. Right. So, this is the first time that I'm doing this, and I know it's the first time you guys are doing it. So, has anyone heard of the Immaculate Grid? It's kind of this new thing now that everyone's doing in football and baseball and stuff. So, Immaculate Reception. It looks like this. Am I showing that okay? So now it has a box. So on this one here for today's going across, it's the Boston Bruins, the New York Rangers, and then it says 100-plus points season. On the other way down, we have Detroit, Colorado, and 50-plus assists for a season. So the first grid, we have to find a player that played for both the Detroit Red Wings and the Boston Bruins. Anybody think and, of a wait, player? Wait, and accumulated those points or no? Nope, just for this. Just box, a player. Just a player that played for either both teams actually for Boston okay. and Detroit. Okay. So Tom, this should, this come on, this is all you, buddy. It's five o'clock in the morning here, man. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about this before the show. We need you, Adam. Is this like a yeah? Sudo- my brain is Sudoku? I don't know. I don't know what happens at the end. We're going to do it though. I th- okay. Didn't Adam Oates play for both of them? Are we like Google for this? I think we if are. we have to, we might. But I think yeah. it's Adam Oates. I'm going to put him it's in. Not w, yes, though. Adam Oates is a selection. So Adam Oates is there. So now we need a player that played for Detroit and the Rangers. 
Um, there's a few, actually, I believe. Hmm. Detroit and the Rangers. Hmm. Marion Hosa play for the Rangers? I would be surprised if he didn't. Maybe. But, uh... Hmm. Can we get the Jeopardy music for this next time? So it's <laughs> did, Ga- silent. did Gabrick play for both? I don't know. How about Larianoff? Did he? Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, I guess if you... Yeah, I see you guys looking down. Somebody's on their phone. Well, <laughs> That's too much work, but... Yeah, the Rangers and the Red Wings. Who played for both of them? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of, like... I'm back in those... What- what ones did they, did they rent on their way out? Right, that's what I'm thinking. The Rangers, like, the Rangers like, bring everybody in, right? So right. Yeah, did, so did, like... Iserman get a turn? It's like, you know, Rangers are like the horde of the NHL when you think about it. Brendan Shanahan. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's, that's right. How did we miss that's that right. one? We should know that's that one. Right. Yeah, that also, one should have popped out. It was yeah. a devil. Yeah. Hartford, back to Jersey. Yeah, yeah. All right. everywhere. Now we need a Detroit Red Wing that has scored 100-plus points in a season. Federoff. I mean... Fedorov, right? Yeah, Burray. Burr, oh, wow. Iserman? Right? Has, he, um, has he done I, it? Um, I don't know. Pick one. Who do you guys want to use? Fe- I'm Fedorov, Fedorov or Burr? Fedorov, I think, yeah. is a safe bet. Yeah. Okay. Sergey Fedorov. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. It, it won't tell me if I'm wrong or not uh, until afterwards. I'm just trying to find his name. There he is. Okay. All right, now I need we need a player that played for both Colorado. This one's easy. Colorado or Bo- and Boston. We're just going to go uh, with Ray Bork. Right? Yeah. yeah. Took our cup, dickhead. Yeah, he did. All right, Colorado and the Rangers. Um, Georgiev. Drury? No, wait. Drury? No. Oh, uh, did he? Right, Georgiev was the backup, right? Let's go with Georgiev. What's his first name? Okay. Anyone? Let's, let's hope it's Gregor. Anyone Greg, know? Gregor? No, do you Gregor. look it up real quick, Bob? Yeah. Just look up the. Uh, I need to spell yeah. the last name. Well, the, it'll pop up. Uh, I just need to uh, at, just put in Colorado Avalanche goalies. All right. I need his first name so I can start this thing. Sorry, I need glasses, so this is taking longer. While you're looking at that, you know, so Federal's highest point season was 120 guys. Nice. So we got oh, him we right. Go. So how do you spell it? Getting there. Getting there. Hold on. I need his first name. There is Alexander. Alexander? Yep. Oh. If I was his, his parent, I would have named it Gregor. Yeah, Gregor, Gregor works way better. Yeah. How do you spell Gregor, Gregorgiev? G-E-O-R-G-I-E. He's not coming up here. It, it can't come up because it's, it's so weird, that language. We can't spell that. Why is Alexander Georgiev not coming up on this? Because uh, you got because nobody thinks about him, dude. You guys yeah, but they you have to you, ha- you could be you have to be able to pick a player that played for both, and yeah, his name's not him. even coming up on here, um, like on the the list. I don't, don't understand it. it. So, all right, spell Georgiev again. G E O, yeah, R G I, E V. It's like Georgiev. You got yeah. it. So I can't use him. We can't fucking use him for some Why reason. Why can't we use him? I don't know. It's a Russian Give me another up. player that played for the Rangers and the Avalanche. Um, we can skip that for now. How about an Avalanche player that scored 100-plus points in a season? Sackick. Forsberg. 
right? I don't know if she was. Oh yeah, both good choices, really. And fucking uh, who did it this year for him was uh, oh shit, um, I can't think of his fucking name. Starts with an R. I can't think. I'm getting so, Darren Helm for the other one. For uh, Avalanche and Rangers. I thought it was Avalanche and Red Wings. Was it no. Rangers? Yeah, oh. Avalanche and Rangers. Oh well, I, that's not what. That's I what we need. And we need, uh, whatchamacallit, the 100-point season for Colorado. And that was, who do you guys want to go with? Peter Forsberg? I said Forsberg. Sure. Forsberg's fine. Sackick's a good one, too. All right, we're going to go. We'll got Forsberg in. So now we need a Boston Bruin player with 50-plus assists. Assists. So just go with assist. Marshawn? I don't know. I don't Marshawn, Bergeron, Cam Neely, um, Pasternak. Pasternak, no? Yeah, I, I think more goals, but he does definitely has a ton of assists. Yeah, I mean, you want or Cam Neely? <laughs> you want to go? With pa- Is there somebody so obvious? Um, no, 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 no. I'm uh, sorry. I'm still googling the uh, the Avalanche Ranger thing. Yeah, and it literally came up with Alexander Gorgiev. And right. underneath that, it says the NHL Immaculate Grid September 6th answers you need to know. <laughs> so apparently, everyone's <laughs> trying to get this guy. <laughs> it's not working. Am I spelling his? I mean, it's Alexander, right? <laughs> yeah. A L E X A N D E R. Could be Alexander. A L E X A N. Well, how's Alexander spelled? D A R. Spell it again. I see it. A L E K. Is that how it's spelled? L E K. Alexander. I want the R. Okay, but how do you spell? How does he spell it? I have no idea. I'm asking Bobby. A L E X A N D A R. Got him. Thank you. Jesus. So we were right right the whole time. Yep. All right. A Bruin player that scored 50-plus assists. We're going to go with Cam Neely, or are we going to go with Pasternak? Pasternak. All right. We'll go with Pasternak. David Pasternak. All right. And now we need a New York Ranger with 50-plus assists in the season. We got two more questions left. Um, a ranger with 50, have that? Did, um... 50 plus assists uh you know chris Kreider. i think he did right he maybe did. Jad, yeah, maybe not. i don't know what's a bad aaron but how about sure maybe we go like old school and go like rod gilbert there you go hmm. possible all right we're gonna use him now we need a player that had 100 oh, plus Leach. that would have been a good one yeah 100 plus points in a season and 50 plus assists in a season. Any player? Or Any player. Team? With 100 plus go? points. I mean, 100 plus McDavid? points, 50 plus assists. That's what I was thinking. That's pretty safe, right? Yeah. Definitely. Just go we'll with Connor. About this a little while, I mean, Mario, I mean, we can use. Gretzky. Or, yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah. who do you want to go with? I say say modern. Go with McDavid. Yeah, definitely. McDavid? McDavid's got it. Connor McDavid. Okay, now we can see how we did. Um, the immaculate. We did immaculate. Uh, we got 192 out of a rarity score. I don't know what that means, but oh, the average score is 6.5. Uh, let's Wait. see. There were 160 <laughs> possible answers for the who played for Boston and Detroit. 
160 possible answers. Are, are 159 of them wrong? Because I go. No, no, no. <laughs> they just they tell you that you <laughs> you pick. They go by like uh, how rare oh, I guess I your oh, picks I were. Yeah, like you okay, so one out of one. Whereas the so the masses answer. are picking. Well, this is okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 61 percent of the people took Tyler Bertuzzi for that. We That's didn't even one. think about them. That's right. Yeah, for who played for the Rangers and Red Wings, 21% took Brendan Shanahan. For the 100-plus point season for Detroit, uh, 56% took Eiserman. For who are played of the people who got it right, though? This is just a percentage of the people that played. Yeah, all the answers. I think we get more the points Shanahan the more things. rare we pick. Right. right. Yes. Understood. So... Ray right, Bork, so no more googling. <laughs> Ray Bork got sixty eight percent. Alexander Georgiev got thirty four percent. Joe Sackett got forty three percent. Bobby Orr got twenty six percent. Mark Messier got twenty eight percent, and Wayne Gretzky got thirty percent. Those were the highest. So there's a lot of choices there. I'm trying to see like exactly how our score fared up. Like it no, said, it average you, people are pretty fucking bored during the offseason, says, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Our, like, our, on, rarity hockey, score, our rarity score is 192. I don't know hey, what guys, that means. Hey, guys, what percentage of I like sports fans game. do you think are really math nerds? Because I, I don't know about Not you. Not me. <laughs> I think it's higher than the general population, though. I, I agree. If you took, like, you know, any random sampling of people and you pick sports fans, you're going to find more math nerds among sports fans. Not – not most people I know, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Every five or six, there's one guy who's like constantly with the percentages and the numbers. Mm. He's doing math in his head that like I'm like, I, a I don't know how you do it, and b I don't know why. You do and it. especially now with all the analytics, it's gotten yes. even fucking. It's like the regular the statistics on won. steroids. Oh, yes. they've totally won. Not only have they won, they've infiltrated. Like there are fucking divisions of people that just do analytics that play, yes. that work for NFL teams, NHL teams, that this is all they do is run yes. fucking stats by the coaches, by the general managers, by, okay. you know, uh, it's ridiculous. And now there's like, like a good amount of computer nerds mixed in with them. Oh, yeah. Because and, this is all like available on, you know, no different apps. It's taken a lot of the like gut, feelings away from certain plays oh, and certain coaching it's like i my gut says i need to go for it but statistics say that 57 percent of the time i shouldn't go for it so i'm gonna punt it or i'm gonna kick a field goal or i'm gonna whatever like dude go with your fucking gut you know but it's also the easy fallback when things fail well the you know this the number said uh that it was in my favor so i went for it and then you can't argue with that Right. Um, you know, so it kind of, I, I'm not a fan of all the analytics. So I'm not, I don't know what half of them mean. No, they're crazy. Um, I, I sometimes I, I'll run across somebody who can synthesize to me why a couple looked at together are interesting, but it's like so much there that you need to literally be able to pick through it all as far as like, does this even matter? You know, like. Because you have so many stats about exactly where on the ice the shot is taken, how many, you know, right. how many, like what time of the, it's game crazy. the shot is likely to be taken. It's all, <laughs> it's insane. And the, you know, it, it, even though it's it's uh, played in an arena when the weather's below thirty six degrees, these guys don't play. So, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how's this even factor in? No, oh, it factors in somehow. But all right, I think that's going to just about do it. Uh, Guys, want to end on a hype note? I would like to. Got a little excerpt from the hockey news. I think it's a good couple seconds here. Let's hear it. This is a quote directly from them. Making the postseason is an absolute must for New Jersey this year, 
but so is making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and beyond. Their core of forwards and defensemen remain outstanding, and they're going to give every opponent a run for their money before they try and make a deep playoff push. New Jersey may be the sexy pick for pundits this season, but that's for good reason. They're dynamic, dangerous, and not even close to their peak. So fucking true. I mean, awesome they really that. aren't. And and here's the thing, too. Like, I get really frustrated with all the hype around, we'll go back to the NFL, the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions. All everybody is talking about in the world of the NFL are those two teams. Two teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. Two teams that just because Detroit ended on a good note and Jets got Aaron Rodgers have not played one fucking game this season. And you look at what they did last year when all they did was basically they are the Buffalo Sabres. It's basically this. If you listen to NHL radio or put on NHL TV and all they talked about were the Buffalo Sabres because they ended strong and almost made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You look at the Devils and the hype is fucking warranted. We did it. Like you saw us do it last year. We got, you know, to the second round of the fucking playoffs. So, yeah, like, they they showed it. And I don't think that that pressure is going to get to these guys. I think that they fucking relish in it. And I think that all comes from Jack, and they all just feed off him. I think this guy loves being in the spotlight, loves that this team is talked about as much as it is. And uh, I think he's going to really flourish, man. This guy's going to get 16 primetime games this year. He's going to have a big, big stage to show off a lot. And I think he's going to. Indeed. So, guys, thanks so much for checking us out. For uh, Dan, Tony, and Bobby, I'm Chris. We are the Uncle Puckers. Um, make sure if you go sure anywhere, you go, oh, anywhere you, what is that? When, yeah, wherever you get echo, our, you get our, why are we getting an echo? <laughs> just want to hear, just it, want twice. To hear it twice. Everybody's, Everybody's echoing. echoing. Dan, is that Dan, you? Is that did you do you something? something? Maybe. Yes, you okay. did. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, just uh, you know, like us, subscribe, give us five star rating. Um, it goes a long way in promoting the podcast. We really appreciate it, and make sure to check out us and other really good shows on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Okay. Later. Later. Puckers out. Are we out? Are we out? Maybe. Not till dances. We're out. out. Don't get off, Dan. Don't get 